y'all. Welcome back to the Joy and Infertility podcast. Or if this is your first time listening, we are so glad that you're here. I'm your host, Kaylee Porter, and this is a place where we can link arms together as we are finding joy, even in infertility. It's 2021 and joy and infertility is back. I am so excited to see what this year brings, the conversations and the wisdom that we have from our guests. I really had a specific guest though that I wanted to open up this year with because I just felt she would have such wisdom as we started a new year. She's also one of the most requested repeat guests on our podcast. Everyone wants to know how she and her husband are doing. So today I get to have another conversation with Macy White. She was on episode eight back in July of 2018. So much has changed for them, but one thing that hasn't changed is that God is still using Macy to speak such profound wisdom to us. And another thing that hasn't changed is the girl can still make us all cry. So grab a cup of coffee and your tissues as we sit down and chat with Macy. Macy, welcome to the podcast again. Hello, how are you? We are doing great. I reached out to you because you are a fan favorite, people. When I say, hey, what do you guys want to hear more of? They're like, we want an update on Macy. We want to hear from her again. (laughs) Well, it has been a minute. What has it been? Two and a half or two years? I think it's two and a half. I could be wrong, but at least two something. And in our world, uh, the infertility world, a lot happens in that amount of time. Absolutely. We're anxious to hear where you are. And um, one of the things that I want to just talk about real quick, um, a lot of times when when a guest comes on, we have kind of an outline of like, here's some questions we're going to talk about. And here are some um, themes that we're going to discuss. But when I talked to Macy and reached out to see if she wanted to come on, we really didn't have a theme or like a, or a list of questions to go through. We just decided there's a lot going on in her and Jacob's life. And so we just decided we would process it on here and talk through what God's talking to her about and teaching her through all of this. And um, so she's going to do all that for you guys so you can hear what the Lord is doing in her heart. And um, so I'm just really grateful that you decided to come on before you have like a perfectly summarized picture of what you feel like God's doing. You're kind of still in the middle of all that. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like a virtual coffee date is what I kept Ooh, telling myself. I actually just, am drinking coffee out oh, of my perfect. new ember mug that I got for Christmas. Do you have an ember oh, mug? I don't. Is that the one that stays warm all the time? Let me tell you. Oh, if you nurse word. your coffee, you need an ember mug. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> okay. Noted. I'll be I, putting like, pick that up on my, my coffee like an, like an hour later. And I just, I've got this like sadness of like, oh, now I have to get up and warm it up. And then when I realize like, oh no, this is my ember and it's still piping hot. It's amazing. Oh my word. That's like a spiritual gift that you got there in your hand. That's amazing. Really Jesus made this cup himself. Yep. <laughs> he absolutely did. Um, well, okay. up, update everybody on like real quick who you are um, and then just jump right into kind of summarizing your story since the like before the last time. So kind of what you talked about last time of where you guys were when we talked. Yeah. Okay. So to sum up, um, Jacob and I um, are pastors at Life Church at the Oklahoma City campus and um, in Oklahoma City, obviously. And <laughs> we have been, this is our seventh year anniversary of being married. Congrats. Uh, thank you. Um, we tried, um, so we've been trying to have a baby for about five and a half years. Um, it has been exhausting and just definitely not a journey that I thought I would have. Um, which I mean, says any woman going through infertility. Um, but we started off with trying naturally, um, and we got pregnant pretty early on in trying. Um, and then we had a miscarriage. Um, we then moved forward into kind of figuring out what happened and did some more ultrasounds. They found, um, a lot of cysts. Um, so diagnosed me with PCOS, um, moving forward. They also saw a lot of signs of endometriosis. Um, and so we did some more treat treatment, honestly, Kaylee, than I can count. Um, I was like trying to lose track of it all. Oh my gosh. Somebody the other day was like, how much have you done? I was like, I can't even, I mean, I could, I just so, so many, so, so many. So we did a whole lot of rounds with just our gynecologist of just Clomid. Um, 
And then we went to OU Fertility and have done many IUIs and transfers and all the things. Um, and so we, the last time we spoke, I think it was, um, we were two years out of our miscarriage and we had just lost um, Jacob's mother um, to cancer and she actually adopted all of her children and she couldn't have kids. And so it was a really beautiful connection that her and I had. And I talk a little bit more about that in our previous podcast. Um, and so here we are. So two, two and a half years later, um, mm-hmm. we, goodness, there's been so much prayer that has gone into every month of like, what's next? What can we handle? What do we feel like God is calling us to? Um, we did a lot of rounds of IUIs um, with trigger shots, with different types of medications, um, none of which were successful. And it was probably about midway through 2019 that we kind of looked at each other and were like, okay, we've always had this goal of doing embry- uh, to, to do adoption. And so like, why not now? Like, is this what God's calling us to do? Is he closing these doors? Um, And we really knew that if we went back to OE Fertility, they would say, okay, so IVF is the next round, is the next step for Mm -hmm. you guys. And at the time, it was like, even if you take monetary out of it, we just truly didn't know if that was the route and we didn't feel called to it. Um, And so we went ahead and scheduled an OE Fertility appointment just to like solidify through wisdom of checking a box of like gaining more information to be able to say, absolutely, we are ready to move forward with adoption. Um, So we met with them in about October of 2019 and sat down. We had this beautiful meeting that went exactly how we thought it would. Um, And at the end of the meeting, she was like, so I'm going to give you five options of like directions that you guys could take. And she gave us a few options. One, two, and three were all other versions of what we had already done. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we both just decided that was, that was off the table. She even told us this would be a waste of your money, but I want you to know this. If you just really want to do this, we can. Um, And then she skipped to number five and she wrote adoption. And then she hovered over the number four and she said, so there's one Mm -hmm. more option that I want to present to you guys. And at this point in Jacob and I's minds, we're like, we have researched so much. Like there is nothing else. Like there's no other option. Like we feel this is, this is it. Like besides IVF, like this is it. And she knew that. Um, and so she actually said, you know, there's a, there's a kind of like a secondary version next to IVF. Um, that is an option. And that is to do an embryo adoption. Um, And Jacob and I just like looked at each other and looked back at her and Jacob was like, what does that entail? Like, we've never even heard of that. Um, And so she started explaining that, you know, there's people that go through IVF that when they create embryos, um, they don't use all of them to complete their family. And so sometimes those are donated to science or they're discarded um, or they're adopted. And so it's only been around for like 10 or so years. Like it hasn't been like this, like very long process. And yeah, so I think they, I think I read the oldest adopted embryo child is like 14. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's really new. They're not adults yet. <laughs> right. Um, so there's a lot of pros and cons that come along with that. Um, and naturally, you know, we're just like, trying to absorb as much of the information as possible because at that point I just craved carrying our baby, having the connection of being able to nurse. And I mean, if all would go well and just all the things, like I just so badly had been through this process of if this wasn't going to work any form of natural process, then, you know, I would be mourning the loss of that by doing adoption and, um, And it was like, all of a sudden, God was like, actually, I'm going to have you adopt, which is what you're ready for, but I'm also going to allow you to carry this baby. 
Um, and that's the thing. Like she was explaining that they would take this embryo um, and they would transfer it into my body and I would carry it full term and then, you know, have the child and the child would not know a difference um, chemically to like my body to it versus um, um, its birth mother, more or less. Um, and so it's just this crazy thing of an option. And um, Jacob and I prayed on it for so long. Um, but also we didn't have a whole lot of time because she was like, you know, we need to get you on the list. Um, we do about eight a year. And so, you know, you're looking at maybe a two year wait. Um, which seems like in the moment of saying that out loud, you're like two years, Macy, that's crazy. But like, I have waited so long, like we have waited so long. And if the Lord needs us to wait two more years, well, absolutely. Like, we can do that. Um, and so probably around January, we signed up, put our name on the list and got all excited and just told our families this was the plan and to be praying for those little sweet embryos that would be ours one day and all the things. Um, and about January, Jacob's like, hey, I think you should call the clinic. And I was like, bro, we're like three months out. Like, what are you thinking? Like, we've got time. <laughs> um, and he was like, no, I just feel like you need a call. And so I called and she was like, I'm, I'm so glad you called Macy because, um, you're six months out of getting an embryo. And so like everything shifted and it was why, like, Oh my word. It All, there was like an influx of donations and, oh. um, an influx of people that were ready. And so all of these things just started falling into place. And wow. we really felt like God was like making a way just like, totally and completely only God can just when things seem impossible and forever, it's just made possible. Um, and so about probably the end of January, I get a phone call from the clinic and I'm sitting in my office at work and I have not told anybody at work at this point. Um, and so I answer the phone thinking that it's like a follow-up question about something. And it's the embryologist people. And they were like, we just want you to know that we have your embryo. Oh my gosh. So this was October to early January to thinking it's going to be six months after thinking it was going to be two years to now all of a sudden, three weeks later, we have your embryo. Wow. Um, and so January now of 2020, who remembers that? Um, cause it feels <laughs> like it was, that was, that, was, <laughs> that was about 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and so January was, you know, we were so excited. We we're like, okay, I'm going to spend all February. Like we're going to get our bodies healthy. We're going to do everything we need. And so we were like, March, we're going to schedule it for March. And that's what we're going to do. Well, COVID hits and the clinic shuts down. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're in pending mode. Um, and then they're also telling us like, okay, let's move. We're going to move you a month. Um, if we move you a month though, like they're telling us like, if you get sick, like if you get the cold, if you get COVID, if anyone in your household, if anyone around you gets it, like we can cancel it anytime. And I don't get my money back. <laughs> Not no. the money's a thing, but it was very no. much yeah. like, thing. let's just be real. It's a thing. <laughs> it absolutely thing. is. Um, and so we were like, okay. So like, if we weren't hunkering down before, like I might as well have been bubble exactly. boy, like walking around. Is that, um, was that during when life church, was that when we were all shut down? So we were about to shut down. Like we had, in, we were okay. like implementing all these things. Um, and then we shut down for probably like a month. And I think that's whenever was March of like us, like hunkering down. And then, um, there was like a few weeks later that we started doing, I, oh my gosh, Kaylee is like a whirlwind. <laughs> like if you ask me to tell you dates, I don't remember. I know. It was all I know. I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking, I'm picturing like, I just know how many, even, even with like protection and all that, you know, Jacob going to church and like serving mm -hmm. and there's a lot of, there's a lot of exposure. And so I would be like, yes, um, you're gonna, you're gonna have to wear a bubble suit at work. <laughs> right. But really like he would come home, he would take his clothes off in the utility room. We would immediately wash them. He would go get in the shower. And oh, yeah. like, so it was like a thing, um, because we, 
invested into this, our future family. And we weren't going, we were going to do everything we could to protect ourselves in the middle of all that. Yeah. So long story short, um, it was a go ahead. And so we started medication the end of June. Um, and medication, lots of, lots of medication. And then we also started the shots, um, the PIO shots and, those were, Jacob gave me those. He actually did an amazing job at giving me those. Um, <laughs> but when you give yourself a shot one time, it hurts, let alone giving yourself a shot in the same place over and over and over for weeks. So that's just. And isn't it really, I've heard, I mean, all of you IVF people, y'all know, but isn't it like really thick that goes in and it, you have to do it slowly? Yes. So uh, it is oil. So like yes. you put it under your armpit, hopefully that magically makes it less thick and you, you know, put an ice pack on your butt like 10 minutes before it's time for the shot. And so then we just, we had like a, we had a system. So we'd play certain type of, we would play Jack Johnson. Um, and my dog would lay, my doodle would lay with me on the bed and I would have a distraction and we would pray and he would give me the shot and then we would pray and then I would do like lunges for many, many minutes afterwards in hopes that it would just absorb and shift and do what it needed to do. Um, Cause it was still painful after the fact. Yeah. So sometimes oh, wow. like when you get a shot, like if you get like a, let's say a flu shot or something, it just kind of stays there and they're like, you have to rub mm-hmm. it. You got to rub it yeah. move it around to do whatever. Um, so that was the same thing of doing um, squats and like rubbing it around is to hopefully like, push that oil into my body more instead okay. of keeping it. In so you must spot. have had a really nice looking rear at the end of this process. So many bruises. So many bruises. <laughs> I mean the squats, but yes, that too. <laughs> oh, right. The squats as well. You know, they didn't really do much, but I do. I mean, I do like the good squat, I guess. Um, so the next steps were us. Um, uh, we had a scheduled. Um, it was August 7th. Um, and we went in, Jacob couldn't go to any of the appointments, um, the whole time. And he couldn't go to the transfer either. Um, which he, he's just amazing, but he was just without hesitation. He was like, of course it's fine. Like there's, this is what we need to do. Like we're creating a baby, like in the middle of a pandemic, like we're going to, we're going to be flexible to like whatever that needs to happen. And so there was, of course he wanted to be with me. And of course I wanted him to be with me. Um, but we just did what we needed to do and put our big girl panties on. Well, I did. He put his big boy panties on, I guess. Um, (laughs) so, um, transfer day comes, we get in, I get into on the bed to do the transfer and the doctor comes in and she tells me that our original embryo, um, did not make, didn't survive the thaw. And, Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm sitting here, like I expected a phone call. Like usually she was like, this could happen. And if it does, we'll give you a phone call and we'll have a backup one ready for you. And we'll, you'll have to approve it and all the things. And so I was in my mind, I was like, thanks for the call. Like, why am I here? Um, she proceeds to tell me that the same donor, um, that had created that embryo had, um, they were our, also our backup embryo. She couldn't tell us that at the time. Um, but then she hands me this picture um, of these two embryos that are connected to each other. And she said, but I need you to know that we are your next option. Like what we're putting in you today are twins. Like we're putting two embryos inside of you. And I looked wow. at her and I was like, what? Like, and she was like, I can't, like, I have to know that you're approving that before that happens. And so she had me call Jacob and naturally his response was like, so this is like a two for one deal. Like, do we pay double? Like, do we, do we get that <laughs> one free? Like, right. <laughs> um, long story short, um, the music that they turned on to while they were doing the transfer was um, Jack Johnson. The same music. No way. That, yeah. Um, and it was just, I have it all recorded on my phone. I recorded it the whole time. And um, she, the embryologist came in and, you know, transferred the twins into my body. And 
Um, I laid there for probably, probably 20 minutes afterwards and just prayed um, over my body, over the embryos, over the room, over them, brought just every person that had been a part of my journey that day. Um, so if you didn't watch the last episode of me, I just pretty much cry all the She's time. A so was- and then she makes everyone else cry. So this is Macy, I have, everyone. I have made 20 minutes without crying, but I... So hey, I'm shocked this- you made it 20 minutes. Thank you. you I, get a, I get a gold star. Um, so <laughs> I'm laying there and I'm praying over everything and the babies and just, just trying to soak up his, just his goodness. Um feeling like he has paved just such a perfect way for us to get to this point and that he can create beauty from ashes and in the middle of the pandemic that he can bring life. Um, and so, you know, I walked out and I got in the car and I was like, well, bro, we got twins. So that happened. And, you know, we're laughing and crying and it all happened without Jacob ever being close to you. (laughs) I know. I know. It is very weird. Um, So we actually joke all the time when we would go into the OU clinic, like we've had sex in that room and in that room and in that room. (laughs) Yes. We didn't really, but kind of. Yeah, exactly. Um, The machine helped out. (laughs) Right. Um, And so we called family and like updated them. And I mean, just everybody was just elated to say the least. And so, you know, you go home, you eat all the things that Pinterest tells you to eat, and you do all the things that the doctor tells you to do of staying, you know, laying down and just chilling and sleeping. And, um, you know, I had a whole lot of symptoms, nausea, exhaustion, um, just really, really tired, really mostly. Um, And then... A few weeks go by and um, it's time for us to do the next, you know, pregnancy test to verify that there is still life inside of me. Um, And I cheated and they told me I could kind of cheat. So technically it's not cheating, but I could take an at-home test the day before um, I went Mm -hmm. into the clinic for them to do the test. Right. And, um, you know, I just went into my little bathroom that has been like a war zone, right? Like I've just been through so much in that bathroom through our first miscarriage and all of the negative pregnancy tests and also the one really precious one that was positive. And I remember sitting there looking at another negative and thinking, like, why? Like, you have made this so clear to me, I thought. that Like, this is the plan. This was what you had in store for us and you're taking it away like why is this happening and I just sat there and cried and you know I I was so angry that it wasn't like I just started like I wasn't even praying like I was talking to him but it was like an anger like it was just like you did this like you've had the ability to make this happen and how dare you not like how dare you take this away from us again and for the record if anyone is out there feeling those thoughts and god god wants he wants to hear all of it he there's nothing no no anger that is too grand that is too much for him to take on and i just Jacob and I cried and we just looked at each other and thought, well, maybe, maybe it's wrong. Like maybe tomorrow when I get in there and they do a blood test, like maybe it's just too early or, you know, whatever. Um, so they get, I go into the next day and I take blood work test and I tell her what my test was the day before. And she, you know, it's COVID. So we all have our masks on and everything. And she just starts crying with me because she's been on this journey with me for three years through OU. Mm -hmm. And so she's crying. I start crying and, um, she hugs me and we're just sitting there and just like, okay, well, whatever happens next, it's, we'll just take it one day at a time. Um, and I got a phone call from, a nurse the next day 
no, later that day that told me that um, um, I no longer had life inside of my womb and that my next period would clearly be excessive and just, you know, all the things that come from that. Um, and, you know, you know, after it's a much different type of a loss, um, like the first miscarriage, you know, there was visible loss, right. Of Mm -hmm. like, but this was just different. Like I, it was just a much different pain. Um, and also this weird place in your mind that you go, that's like, well, the doctors didn't technically like tell me that I was like with child. And so Mm -hmm. then maybe I wasn't pregnant. And so then how do I file that information and how do I file those feelings that I have? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's through community of people that get this, that like have been here, that have been down these terrible journeys and just excruciating paths. And they're looking at me going, no mace. Where there once was life and is no longer life, that is loss. Mm -hmm. And so there was something very like a relief inside of me that was like, okay, I'm not crazy. Like it's okay for me to feel this loss. You're not being dramatic. No. You lost something. Right. And if anyone's an Enneagram person, I am a four. And so like if there are any feelings, oh, I'm feeling all of them. (laughs) So for someone to tell me that I'm not crazy – and it's okay for me to feel where I'm at, it is one of the most peaceful things for me to absorb of like, okay, this is real. Like this is, I'm not just imagining what's happening. Um, Well, I feel like even on a super basic level, even when you're, even when you are not pregnant and you take that negative pregnancy test every month, that is a form of massive loss because there was a dream, there was a hope and that's a loss of hope. And then you actually had a procedure done. You actually had a lot, you know, embryos put in. So there are so many levels of loss that, that yeah. you're experiencing. And I feel, I felt that way with my biochemical. Like I started my period on the same day I would have started, but they told me I had, I was mm-hmm. pregnant and it was like four days later I started my period. So I had a hard time. Pro- I still like, did I have a miscarriage? Because I don't really know. But it's like you said, there once was life. Mm-hmm. And there is there is no more life, and so that is a form of loss. And I had to, and still kind of processing that. Um, but yeah, I, I I have a hard time when people say, "Well, at least you were only six weeks along, or at least you were only this week this right. far along." Right. That is very dangerous to t- to tell someone walking through this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think. I mean, it's kind of like apples and oranges a little, right? Like loss is loss, but there's also like I may speak the same language as you, Kaylee, and some, you know, some of the people that are listening that we understand miscarriage and infertility. And that is a pencil language that we didn't know we wanted to speak or needed to speak or God mm-hmm. needed us to speak. Um, but there are other people that, you know, they don't get that and there's different levels to it. And yeah. I think it's just creating a space for it to be okay wherever you are, that it's, yeah whatever that loss looks like to you, that's okay. And there's a safe place for that. Um, Mm -hmm. So since then, um, so that was in August um, and it is January, 2021. (laughs) Um, So I am still definitely early. Like it's just definitely like just the other day, it feels like all of that happened, but also a lifetime ago in a same sense. Um, I very, just because of how I know my mind and I know the way that I think and the way that I process pain, um, I knew that I needed to get into a therapist soon. Um, that me sitting or laying and dwelling in whatever pain that I was in and how I was feeling and the loss, um, I needed to be surrounded by wisdom while I was doing that, um, with a guiding hand that was there with me to help filter out, um, the truths and the lies. And so I very quickly got in to go see my therapist that I've been on and off to for many, many years. Um, I absolutely with everything in me swear by therapy. Um, (laughs) there is 
they are angels among us, like truly. Like God has equipped them to dig inside of my brain and ask the right questions to be able to help me find places of only a God band-aid can put, right? Like that. Oh, that's the only thing that can be there to help make the process better. And those come from incredible people like therapists. Um, and so we have worked so hard on just like diving into um, all of that pain. I've done EMDR, um, which is a form of therapy that you it allows your subconscious to kind of process through with your eyes closed and you allow your mind to feel. Did you ever do that with any after no. yours? Okay. No. Um, it's pretty amazing. Any form of trauma that you go through, um, most therapists are aware of how that goes. And so I would definitely ask your therapist about it. Um, mm. But she just has brought me to a lot of different places um, and some – I am absolutely still in the place of I'm still like so sad um, about how everything has gone and where I feel like we had these dreams and where I feel like we were being led and um, those things are, didn't happen. Um, Yeah. But God is so good. And I have chosen to dive into getting to uh, like understand him more in the middle of it, but also um, just work on he and I's relationship more than anything too. I think the more that I dive into Jesus and get to know my creator, the more I realize how much he truly loves me. Um, Because I think it's so easy um, and innate after you go through loss to think like, like I told you, like, why, like, why would you allow your child, like your creation to go through so much pain and loss and defeat? And like, you know, the dreams in my heart of what Jacob and I want and what we feel called to be. And you know, the desires of my heart, you place them there. And yet you still haven't created that to happen. And one of the words that I still feel a couple things that it, God has just like really echoed and whispered into my soul is the word endurance. Um, mm-hmm. And that, you know, it's I like I, Kaylee, when you asked me to do this um, and reached out a little bit ago and I was, I told Jacob, I was sitting there and I was like, um, so Kaylee wants me to do a follow-up and he smiled at me and he was like, well, of course she does. And I was like, um, well, I don't feel like I have anything profound like to say or share or like any of that. Like, I feel like I am exactly where I was two and a half years ago. And he's, you know, pastor man shakes his head and smiles at me and says, that's not for you to say. Like, God's going to make whatever he wants to be profound in whatever area for whoever's listening. And so, I don't know, I just, I pray that for those of you that are out there that just feel alone and like, why still am I here? Like, why is this still happening? I just, friend, I just pray that you feel carried, that there is purpose in this, that... There is nothing that is going to come in front of you that is going to happen to you, that is going to happen around you, that is not going to be held by the hand of God. And Mm. I just keep on having to tell myself that because I've had people tell me, and you'll read books on it that are in podcasts that are like, I just, you know. I don't see purpose in this pain. Like there, I don't see purpose in this is some things, bad things just happen sometimes. And, you know, you can absolutely have whatever opinion you have on this. Um, But I truly feel that if I believe in the God that I know is real and that I know is alive and well, and that um, is working constantly, that if I believed that something didn't have purpose, then I'm allowing something to have power over him. 
Um, yeah, exactly. And I don't believe that. There is nothing that he is not over. There is nothing that he is not aware of. There is nothing that is more than him. And I think that just right now, as far as we can see, we don't see the other side of this. Mm-hmm. But that is just right now. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know. I mean, just Kaylee, you and I have talked about this. Like, even just your podcast friend, like, that is purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, the pain that we go through and that we're able to reach out and connect with people on and remind them of the goodness of God, that is purpose. Um, even just me being able to, like, hunker down and really really reach out to God and ask and ask for questions and ask for answers and get to know him and dive into who he is. That is purpose. Like those are reasons of why those things are happening. Um, but you know, there's Jacob and I, um, probably right before the transfer at the beginning of 2020, Jacob came to me and um, it was after we knew that we had the embryo and he was like, okay, we need a monument. And I was like, what, what does that mean to you? Um, and he, you know, he started. So what, what do you mean? <laughs> I think I'm with you, but tell me. <laughs> I hear you. Will you please explain? Um, and so he starts explaining about, you know, all throughout scripture, there's, when they, they actually referred to them as altars, right? So whenever there was like an event and an occurrence that would happen in their lives that affect, that showed them, that rocked them to the core of who God was, they would create an altar. Um, and so that's what he was saying. He was like, we need a monument. We need something that we can set in our house or anywhere around us that every time we look at it, we are reminded of the goodness of God and we are reminded of his power and his direction yep. and his control in our life. And so I was like, okay, well, what is that monument? He's like, I don't know yet. We just need to pray about it. Cause I don't know what it is, but I know we need it. So, you know, we, you know, looked everywhere. We thought of all the things we looked through scripture and, um, one day he came to me and he's like, okay, I know what it needs to be. And he proceeded to tell me that it was going to be a rhino. Oh. And and I was like, and in your okay. design and, and side note, Macy's a designer and like a really good interior designer. So in your head, were you like, that does not fit my theme? Of right. My like, that is not my aesthetic, bro. Like, I'm gonna need you to like, is ship lap our monument? Like, can that be a monument? <laughs> Or marble, uh, like can in something like that, or a nice bread bowl. I mean, a bread bowl would be yes. nice. Yes, <laughs> a woven wall hanging. Can that weaving? I mean, I can make that happen. Um, and so we started talking about it, and he proceeded to explain that rhinos have really bad eyesight, um, but they can run extremely fast with just incredible amounts of force. And, you know, whenever you, when rhinos run, they run as far as their eyes can see until their vision shifts. And then they continue to run with every bit of energy inside of them. And he looked at me and he said, that's going to be us. Uh. We're going to know. And we only are provided so much vision of where we need to go and how quickly we need to run. But we can with everything in us. And when God shifts our vision and shifts where we need to go, we will continue to run and we will continue to go. And so if you walk through my house right now, you would think, man, rhinos are absolutely her aesthetic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so, that's so great. (laughs) Because they're everywhere. We found a print of a little baby rhino that we have in... Um, it's like a black and white that's in our living room. We have um, little like gold ones that are set out and black ones. And I put one, what I refer to the war room in my bathroom. Yeah. I have one in there. Um, and so, and the point of all of that is, and for whoever is out there listening to like, 
I totally and completely would suggest that you do something like this. Find a monument for you and your family. Something that is going to remind you of the goodness and power and direction of God. Because there's going to be days. There's going to be days where you need, you're just done. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's today for you. And there, there is always hope, right? Because our hope is in Jesus. It is not in what we long for or what our desires are, but our hope is Jesus. And so knowing on those hard days to be able to look even at a screensaver or do people even say screensaver anymore? I don't even know what they say. Um, <laughs> wallpaper? Is that what we're calling it? Wallpaper! That's the word. There you go. Wallpaper. Lock the, screen you know, wallpaper. Lock. There you go. I'm so sorry. I'm getting older. <laughs> um, so there's, there's just place it in places that are going to remind you on the hard days and bring you a sense of peace and calm on those easy days. The easier days of reminding you, you're right, God, you are good. You do have this. You are carrying me through this. And I believe in your power and I believe in your hand and I trust your timing. Um, So absolutely get yourself a monument because I didn't know that I needed a rhino in my life, but I absolutely will never look at a rhino differently. Um, I, I won't either. Right. I won't either. <laughs> Good. Um, another thing that um, God really has put on my heart <clears throat> also is, you know, when you're in a place of that you've just gone through just trauma or pain or loss, you know, there's a bit of a wreckage that's there. Um, and you may be weary and exhausted and low and just dry. Um, when you are dry, you will absorb any form of fluid that is going to be put on you. And so be very aware of what are you absorbing? Who are you putting your around you? Who, what people, what scripture, what podcasts, what, um, what even just your mental thoughts? Like, are you the only person that is hearing those? Or do you have someone there to decipher them with you? Because the enemy wow. is going to use anything. Because if you have a plant in the middle of the desert and you pour water on it, it's going to grow. If you pour gasoline on it, it's going to die. And friend, we get to choose. We get to choose what we are going to absorb, which is a huge blessing. And I pray with everything in me that you choose just to thirst on the word of God, that you sit and absorb people that are going to pour truth over you, situations that are going to pour truth over you, songs that are going to pour truth over you, anything that is going to grow whatever is inside of you, because that's, that's where we're going. We're growing. Like there's a purpose in this. Think about it like a sponge, like a dried out sponge it's going to absorb all the water. But if you take a sponge that is full of water and you put it underwater, it's just going to beat off because it's already full. And so we need to pour, like you said, we need to allow the right words, the right songs, the right, I mean, God's word is really the basics. Fill our sponges so that when the enemy tries to speak or those around us are trying to fill us with some negative thoughts, they just beat off because now we know the truth. We know what God says about who he is and how he loves us and has plans for us. So we don't have to absorb that, those, those words from other people. That's really good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think truly diving into scripture, like what you're saying is top priority besides like sitting with your feelings and not being afraid to feel them and like addressing them, address them with the word of God. Um, Mm -hmm. Because there are going to be days that you need to pour those truths on you. And it took me many years and I'm still at a place where I'm still finding like I have to, right? We're not always in a, like we're never in a place of fully grasping and understanding the word of God to a point of we don't need to read the Bible anymore or read the words of Paul or read an epistle. Like we have to absorb those things on a very frequent basis to re, right? We're like still pouring that water over us. Um, so here are some truths that I, I've been clinging to, um, lately and I'm just going to read them. So 
Um, so the truth is that I am complete in Christ. And then I have like a scripture to go with it. Um, so I'm complete in Christ goes with Colossians 2, 9 through 10. I am assured that God works for my good in all circumstances. Romans 8, 28. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1, 7. I am accepted. I am secure. I am significant. I am God's temple. 1 Corinthians 3, 16. I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. John 15, 16. And I am God's workmanship. Ephesians 3, 12. Um, and if you're at a place where you just need to like absorb scripture, right? Um, here are two different areas I would really suggest that you just reread like over and over again in different versions, TPTs, like one of my absolute favorites. Um, and then, you know, any of the other ones are great too. NLT is awesome. Um, anything on Psalms 46 will just pour over you that God is on your team. He's on your side. Um, Romans five, specifically three through five is about patient endurance. Um, God is not done. This is not the end of our story. This isn't the end of Jacob and I's story. Um, you know, we, we, through lots of prayer, um, over the last few months have made the decision to stop treatment. Um, which took a lot of therapy also, mind you, um, of getting to a place where I can, um, actually be excited about the adoption process. Um, and I truly am like, God has lit a fire in me to just, I am aching to hold those babies that I know that God has in store for us. Um, and so super exciting that adoption is the next thing. Um, Jacob's going to be reaching out to an agency really soon. Um, and we get to continue our story. And, you know, we're not giving up of for the miracle of what God can do inside of our bodies. Um, we're definitely leaving room for that. But we feel it's time for us to take this step. And um, we think that God's going to meet us there with our obedience to and um, we're just going to keep rolling with the punches, but we're so excited. And for anybody who's still deciding what is next, every story is so different and everyone is yeah. called to a different thing. And if God is telling you that treatment is still where you need to be, then I am praying patient endurance over you. Um, that yes. that is exactly where you need to be and you feel carried, um, and you just have an incredible amount of strength that rolls through your veins that are only from God. Um, and if, if God's just, telling you to rest, that's absolutely. okay too. Rhinos have absolutely. to sleep too. <laughs> so yes. you're allowed to rest. <laughs> they are. They are. Um, so, um, yeah, that's our story. That's where we are. That's the update. Would I do anything to be able to tell you that we're pregnant right now and – we're on the other side of it and everything's awesome and God is so good. I would love to say those things. Um, but we are still in it. Um, but we were, will continue to surrender. Um, and that patient endurance, I pray for that every day. Um, that we will just be continued to be guided and equipped to take each step into this. Um, and we're going to be okay. We are, we're going to be okay. Um, we're excited for what's next. So I just kept thinking when you were talking about your rhinos everywhere in your house, like what a beautiful day one day when you could almost take those rhinos down because you won't need to look at a rhino to remember God's goodness, but you will have mm. little rhinos destroying your house. Mm. <laughs> little <Right>. babies, <laughs> little babies. Oh, and you'll yes. be able to look at those and say, God is so good. Mm. Yes. Um, yes. That'll be a Thank really beautiful that. day. Yes. Well, thank you, Macy, for coming on and talking about Absolutely. it. Talking us through Absolutely. it. You're in the middle of it. Absolutely. We're not alone. New Year's was always a really big deal for me before we had Emma. Every year I planned that this was going to be the year. This was going to be the year we had the baby, the year we had our miracle. 
And I would write that down in my New Year's resolutions or my goals. And every year at the end, it was such a disappointment. And I finally got to a place that New Year's wasn't this defining moment. I didn't make a declaration that this was our year to have a baby. I just made it my goal that I wanted to take one step at a time. And no matter what, I wanted to end the year closer to God than I was at that moment. I wanted to take more steps towards Him every day, no matter what situations came up with our fertility journey. I love what Macy said God was saying to her, to have patient endurance. God is not done just because it hasn't happened yet. It doesn't mean it's over. Just because God gave someone else a child doesn't mean it's never going to happen for you. He isn't done writing your story, and He won't be until you take your last breath and enter into eternity with Him forever. If you haven't spent some time thinking about what you want your focus to be for this year, I want to encourage you to do that. Jay and I love New Year's. We love resolutions. We love the one word because I feel like it does help you kind of recenter and refocus for the year. Spend some time praying and reading scriptures. Take the scriptures that Macy talked about at the end. They're on the Joint Infertility website on this episode's page. Read over those and see if God is speaking something to you. And if you are kind of new to the different versions of the Bible that Macy mentioned, all you have to do to find those, download the YouVersion Bible app. And when you're reading that scripture at the top, you can change the version to any version that you want. It's super easy and a great way to really help understand and seal that verse into your heart. Thank you for listening and being a part of this community. I am so grateful to be a part of your journeys. Keep sharing the podcast and sending in your stories. They really do mean so much to me just to be able to hear what God is doing in your lives and to be able to take that moment as I'm reading that and pray for you and your husband as you guys pursue your family. Happy New Year's, friends. I can't wait to see what this year holds for all of you. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Join Infertility Podcast. Isaiah 4031 says this, Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Whatever you're facing this week, remember, God is with you. He sees your heart. He loves you and He is good. There will be beauty born from your journey. Have a great day.